Yo, so this morning, I want to share something about myself that I think not a lot of you, you guys know, uh, unless you've had the privilege to, to sleep in a, a room with me. So I've, I've got ways of, of keeping people entertained in my sleep. So it's maybe to, to demonstrate two stories that, that, that shows this, this skill of mine. Uh, the one, the one place, it's, it's like certain places just act as triggers. So the one was of my grandparents' farm, in the room that my brother and I would always sleep together. And it is, it is like I have a reputation of having conversations with my brother in, in my sleep when, when we're on my grandparents' farm. One of my favorite stories my brother tells is how the one evening I sat up, and I was like, Christian, Christian, Christian. And eventually he's like, uh, should he reply now? He's like, uh, yes. I'm like, drug control, alt, delete. Drug control, alt, delete. <laughs> and then my brother's like, okay, I get it done. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Go back to bed. So I, I can have conversations in my sleep. Another one is um, I was still in high school. And this one evening, I have this strange dream. And in the dream, um. There's problems with electricity in the house. And to make sure that the, the light bulbs don't burst in the dream, I had to take out the light bulbs. Next morning, I wake up. It's, it's winter, so bloom, winter, still dark in the morning. Like you, you wake up, go into the shower, come back into my room, switch on my light, and my light doesn't want to go on. I'm like, are you still half asleep? I start getting dressed. Eventually, I'm like, what's going on with the light? And I look, and my light bulb is gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, flip, I must have walked in my sleep and actually took out my light bulb. It's just the screw on. It's likely not the, like, <laughs> and as I'm getting dressed, I take out my socks, and I see one of my socks is a bit bigger than it's supposed to be. And I took out the light bulb, open up my cupboard, open up a drawer, put the light bulb in one of my socks. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I can definitely keep you guys entertained with a lot more stories of, of my adventures in, in dreamland. But despite these things, I'm actually not a very deep sleeper or someone that can just sleep in, in any place. I've got some friends, though, that, you know, they have got skills. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on two of them. And one of them is actually Ginter. Laura, I don't, know where, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you know this about Ginter. I'm, I'm sure you would have actually seen. But so um, for those of you who remember Ginter, he was part of the congregation. Yeah, so we studied together. And Ginter had the skill to sleep in any environment, in any position. And classes, like by default, a few minutes into the class, you'll just see Ginter dozing off and he is gone. And then you'll wake up again, and you'll just, like, go in. But my favorite story of, of Gentit is uh, while he was at TMT, they went on an outreach. I think it was to Grayton still then. And Gentit was on, on the worship band, and he was playing bass. And it was one of those, like, deeper, soaking moments, like, in the presence of God. And Gentit goes, and he, he sits on his bass guitar amp, and he's still busy playing, and eventually he stops playing. And then the next moment... <laughs> He's out. <laughs> and then there's that moment, you guys know when you sleep and there's that like shock wake up. <laughs> this is happening in front of everyone <laughs> in the church. But it takes a special skill to sleep 
in these like really weird situations. So I'll get to the other friend later, but I just want to consider how like how we use the term of, of being asleep or being awake. So there's obviously the, the literal sense of falling asleep, but then there's also the the metaphoric language that we tend to use about being awake or being asleep. So with we say someone is like wide awake, we often speak about like they're attentive, they're aware, they're present to the things that's happening around them. Their faculties are in tune. Whereas someone who's asleep, it's almost that they, they're detached from reality. There's this dullness, <laughs> there's inactivity, insensibility, or, or laziness in, in general. If you think about it, like you get those people that just seem doesn't matter where they are, what's going on around them. They've got no awareness of time. <laughs> just life's easy going, and then the next moment's like, oh, my keys. I, I don't know where my keys are. What time are we supposed to be there? <laughs> and with those people, you just want to shake them and be like, come on, come on, come on, just wake up, just wake up. Or you get the other people, it's, it's, they're almost just blind to, to situations that they're in. So there might be something serious, or there might be conversations that's happening. And they'll be completely oblivious and just drop something or go on as if, as if nothing's happening. And everyone's like, aren't you aware of the situation that's going on around you? And we see this, this type of language being used in the word as well. And when we speak about being awake, it's, it's something that um, we see Isaiah prophesying about and telling um, the people of Israel to, to awaken. It's something we see when Jesus tells parables, how he puts his finger on, and he repeats this again in, in Revelation 16, where he tells the story of, of like being awake, um, and he speaks specifically about his return, of, of how we should not be those that are sleeping, but those that are awake and ready, because he can come at any time, at any hour, and we need to be ready. And I want to look at, uh, at a portion in, in Mark 14 where we see both the literal and the metaphorical play out of this contrast between being awake and being asleep. So Mark 14 from verse 32, it's going to be a, quite a chunk that we're going to read through. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch. So if you'll, some of the, the Bibles is in mine as well, there's a little footnote on that watch where it says, or awake. So be here and watch, awake. There's that, that sense of being attentive. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And he again came, and again he came, and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time still and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is not enough. It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands 
oxen is, rise, let us go, let us be going, see, my betrayer is at hand. So I want to point out a few things from, from this portion. So by the time we get to this, uh, I guess you guys realize it's the end of, of the gospel. It's at the end of Jesus' life. And his disciples would have walked with him for a long time by now. They would have seen Jesus done incredible things. They would have realized that what he says carries a lot of weight. And we see they go somewhere, and there's the disciples, and then he takes these three guys out of that group. Now, again, you would think that there's, there's like some importance for them to that. Like Jesus chose me <laughs> above the other guys to go with him to this place. It's like, what, what's going to happen here? And Jesus tells them to wait, to watch. And he goes off and, and prays. And it's almost like even though there's the literal sleeping, there's that, there's like met- metaphorical sleeping as well. It's like they, they didn't see the weight of the things that Jesus was asking them. It's like you'd think after spending so much time with him, I mean, the Bible speaks about how he was greatly troubled and distressed. It's, it's almost as if they were completely oblivious to, to that which Jesus was carrying and asking of them. So it's both. They miss the weight of the thing that is being asked of them, and also they, they miss the weight of the person who's asking them that thing. It's like, it's, it's Jesus we're speaking about. It's Jesus. Like they've seen perform all these miracles. They've seen and um, speak with authority, and they're, they're asking this basic thing. And I was this morning... Just going through my notes again, um, I played out the scenario in, in my mind and trying to think, like, w- what was happening? Because there were three of them after Jesus said this. Like, what were they thinking or speaking about as, as Jesus walked away? And the first guy pulled against it and, and dozed off. Like, surely there would have been, like, some sort of conversation or thinking around this. And I was just wondering, like, what was going through their minds? Were they thinking about the intensity of, of the day, because we see before this, it's Passover, and it's all the things that have happened, and they had the Last Supper, and they introduced it to communion, and Jesus told them all of these intense things. And it's just, it's interesting to me, uh, you decide, mm, I'm going to take a nap now. <laughs> and surely, like, after that first round of this happening, and Jesus coming to them, and be like, guys, could you not even stay awake for one hour? Like surely that, that reinforced the fact that the thing that Jesus is asking them is important to him. And we see him coming back a second time and finding them in exactly the same situation. Coming back a third time and finding them in the exact same situation. And I was thinking it's almost, I bought this little alarm clock recently, and it's, it's almost like hitting the snooze button. <laughs> Hitting the snooze button. <laughs> hitting the snooze button. I, I don't know who of you are snoozers. I, I definitely am one of them. But after you've done it the first time, the second, third, fourth, tenth time, <laughs> is much easier to do. You almost just don't think about it. You just press that button. And I think it's similar to, to, to the disciples here. Like Jesus has asked them. He's caught them sleeping. He's addressed them. And each successive time, it, it just becomes easier to get back to that place of sleeping again. And the thing is, when, when sleep becomes our default, there's actually action that needs to be taken to get from that place. 
The alarm clock might wake me up in the morning, but it's still action that's required from me to, okay, now I'm going to wake up. And again, just thinking about the situation, surely between the three of them, they could have made a plan as to how to keep each other awake. Seeing, seeing the weight of what Jesus is asking them can be as simple <laughs> as just having to take a stand. It's like hitting your body when you're seeing them falling asleep. And yet with sleep being their default, <laughs> just dozing off to the things that God has asked of them. And like using that metaphoric language for, for us, I want to ask us, um, like with the disciples, there's a lot of things that they needed to get to. That when, by the time they got to something that was important to God, their energy was drained and they were dozing off. I want to ask you, just in the things that God has called you to, are you spending your energy on a whole lot of other things so that when it comes to the things of God, it's just like, oh, I'm tired. Like, oh, I need to rest. This weekend, there's just a lot that has taken place. Work has been a lot, so I can't make it to this, or I can't make it to that. Just your energy and your focus is going into other things and stealing from being awake to the things that God has actually called you to. And also just the considerations of like what areas has God asked you to be awake in? What areas has he called you to and called you to be attentive and to keep watch? And <laughs> you hitting that snooze button. It's like, yeah, God, I, I hear you. But you just don't actually respond to that and pay any attention for you to, to take action and take that position of being attentive and alive to the situation. So I want to pick up on my second friend. And this is, you guys won't know him. I don't know if Rachel's here, but it's her sister's married to him. So his name is Logan, and he's in Mossel Bay. And um, we, we spent a year at Bible school together. Logan was an absolute character. So he got saved the December before coming to, to Bible school. Um, and just like this real love for Jesus, but very little understanding and background, like not a lot of religion, which is awesome. So you see all of these things happening. And one of the things, Bible school, there's this competition of who can wake up the earliest and spend time with God. And Logan initially... Like, just before class, you'd see him wake up and, and head out. Eventually, as the year starts going on, he starts feeling the pressure from the people around him. He's like, okay, cool. He's going to start waking up early. So he starts setting his phone alarms. It's still Blackberry days. He still remembers Blackberry. They're lying next to, next to his bed. But Logan's skill is that he can sleep through anything. <laughs> so what would happen each morning is Logan's alarm would go off. And Logan would just keep on sleeping. And we had another guy in our room, Hendrik, who was like this straight, you say a thing as it is, doesn't take any nonsense. So almost on the daily, you'd hear Logan's alarm going off and off and off. And you'll hear Hendrik waking up and start getting frustrated and making comments under his breath. <laughs> and then still lying in his bed, you'll start shouting at Logan. And Logan's skill proves to be true, sleeps through all of this. So we, we were four people in a single garage. So it's like each person in a corner. So it was myself, Logan, and then Hendrik in the far corner. 
and then classic hello would get <laughs> thrown across the room hit <laughs> hit look and then it would be that like oh okay sorry 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 and put off his alarm and sort of <laughs> enter into the day um, our, we had a, a guy from Brazil, Eduardo, he's still part of Josh Gen now, who stayed with us for a while as well. Um, and he slept on the floor between, it was literally like a, a meter gap between high and Logan's bed, and he slept on the floor there. So he, he found a way to get Logan up. He's quite a big guy. As soon as Logan's alarm would, would go off, he would go lie on top of Logan and start kissing him in his neck <laughs> until he gets out of bed. But there's, a, there's a, a character in the Bible that I think would win the prize for the ultimate deep sleeper, and that is Jonah. So I want us to look at Jonah 1, verse 1 to 6. So I think all of us should know the story, but we can read in this part where the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of, I'm not going to pronounce that, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for they for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hauled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. That sounds good. Imagine being on a ship, <laughs> like wind waves, things are going crazy, the marinas are scared that this thing breaks up, and someone's just lying out asleep. Definitely think he, he would have given Logan a bit of competition. But we see in, in the story how, how God speaks to Jonah, and he, he asks something very specific of him, and he calls him to go to a certain people, and it's, it's obvious that Jonah disobeys. And we see how rather than going to Nineveh, he runs away to Tarshish. And just looking last night, um, they, they estimate that Nineveh was probably about 800 kilometers from where he was, and Tarshish was um, 4,000 kilometers, like five times further in the opposite direction. <laughs> we see Jonah running away, and it actually says how he tries to flee from the presence of God. And then... Trying to flee from the presence of God <laughs> doesn't work very well. And we see God intervening and, and making things happen to align him again to the things that he has called him to. And what does Jonah do? <laughs> he goes down to the inner part of the ship and he goes to sleep. And you see how the mariners, and these are probably experienced guys that have done this trip many times, start freaking out start throwing cargo overboard. They're probably getting paid for the things that they need to take over. And it's like they're throwing this overboard. They're scared. But Jonah is asleep, unaware, sailing away from his call and the destiny that God has for him. 
And he's ignorant to the things and the measures that God is, is putting in place to try and call him back to that. He's fast asleep. And then we see a few things happening from verse 6, but also in, in the rest of Jonah, where firstly, you see the captain coming down and waking him up. <laughs> and I love the words <laughs> that he says to him also. It's like, you sleeper. It's like, come on, come on, get up, get up. So he's called and he's woken up. Then he's asked to, to cry out to his God. And you still don't actually see Jonah responding in any sort of way. Then in the next portion, quite interesting, they cast lots to try and determine whose fault is it that they're going through. And the lot falls on Jonah. And eventually he's like, uh, okay, guys, yeah, it, it is me. So he sort of owns up to being disobedient. But still, we do not see a change in, in his heart. And he just says, throw me overboard and things will go better with you guys. And they throw him overboard. And God doesn't stop there. And you see a <laughs> fish coming <laughs> And swallowing Jonah. And then there's this, this interesting like, poem that, that Jonah then says out and like, acknowledges his need for God. But still, there's not a response to the things that God initially called him to. Then he gets spit out on the shore. And we see uh, later on there in Jonah, I didn't give the scripture, but it says um, a, a second time the voice of the Lord came to Jonah, and it said, arise, go to Nineveh. So it's, it's only after the second time that God speaks to him, not when he was woken up, not when he was asked to call out to his God, not when the lot fell on him and it, it showed to be him, not when he was <laughs> in a fish's belly. Only at the end of this, there's actually a, a response to the things that God had called him to. So last week um, in, in prayer meeting, and there were a few words that, or prayers that started going into this, this direction of, of like slumbering and awakening from, from sleep. And then um, Sean, Sean brought this word of, of Jonah and, and Jonah being on the ship, um, sleeping, drifting away from the destiny that God has for him and, and unaware of the fact that he's, he's drifting. And it, like it, it really hit me um, as he said that. And there's this, this thing, even if we consider the story of Jonah, like God's purpose, God wanting to save a people for himself, God willing to fulfill the things that he has in this world. And Jonah just saying like, nah, <laughs> I'm going to go sleep. And it's, it's like this, oh, this thing that almost awakens in me for us also. It's like for God's sake for the sake of the things that he's called you to, for the people that he's called to reach through you, wake up. And I want us to consider just each one of us, like you, you know if there's been at some point in your life that there's been a call from God. You've known where he's put his finger on something and asked you to attend to something. And I don't know what it might have been that, that caused you to, to turn away from that. Maybe it's, it is like Jonah where there's a, like an outright, I don't want anything to do with this. This scares me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. 
maybe it's it's something that's a bit more subtle where it's not like okay I'm gonna outright disobey God. It's sort of like pressing the snooze button. It's uh, like God, I hear you, but maybe I, I first just want to give myself to this. You start choosing other things over the call of God, and it gets to that place where you're drifting. You're unaware that you're actually not walking in the things that God has for you. And even the calls from other people just don't hit you anymore because there's that unawareness. Maybe a a third scenario for anyone that has walked with Jesus for even just a few years realize that there's so much places that you can get hurt. Like the nature of, of Christianity is that we interact with people and there's always the risk of, of getting hurt. And I've heard so many stories um, of, of older people really going through hectic situations in church environments, running after God, having a zeal for God and things not going the way that they thought it should being hurt by other people, or just hurt in the fact that God maybe didn't come through in the way that you hoped he would. And in that hurt, that there's this maybe subtle, maybe obvious, drawing away, and like Jonah, going down into the inner part of the ship, and just being asleep to the reality of God. And now being asleep so long that it's, that initial call and that initial voice of God, that initial fire inside of you might have been forgotten or just have grown dull. I want to ask, like, even now, I'm going to just pray quickly and then I'll I'll say something more, but I just want to ask, Holy Spirit, even now, that you would come and put your finger on these things in our lives. Holy Spirit, that you would awaken our hearts and remind us of the things that you have for us. So just in, in, in ending off, I want to look at, at two scriptures in, in the New Testament that, that build pretty much on what I was saying now. And so Romans 13 verse 11 says, besides this, you know that the time has come, that the hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep. In Ephesians 5, you see in the second part where it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ's light will shine upon you. And so this morning, as, as we consider the, the words that have come out during worship, um, the tongue that was brought, these, all these different areas in our lives, whatever it might be, I want to call us to awake. And the thing is that, like we looked in the first story, that even when Jesus comes and he awakens us, that it still requires us to take action in order to keep to that place of the things that he has called us to. So I want to ask if we can maybe all stand
it's interesting. It's like it's these situations now again where we're confronted with the, the choice. Do you know if God has been putting his finger on something on, on your heart? But you've got the choice. Are you going to go and, and press the snooze button? Like, oh, I'll deal with this later. I don't want to confront this thing now. Or are you going to allow God to come in to convict? Take in that position of humility and repent before God. Or just dozing off in the things that he has called you to. I want us to close our eyes and, and just consider that. Do you know, do you know that whether it was during worship and the words that came out where the Lord might have put his finger on you, or whether I, while I was speaking, just something stood out? What is that thing that God has been putting his finger on? What is the thing that you have dozed off? hear God's word to you this morning. Awake, O sleeper. Arise and let the light of Christ shine upon your heart. 